I just want to welcome you back to the Made for More podcast. Uh, I love that we're going through this current series. Uh, again, this is a, a recordings that we are doing in alignment with the Fighting Freedom book. And so if you have not gotten your hands on the Finding Freedom devotional, I would encourage you to do so. We have had a number of wonderful people share over the last number of weeks, and there are even more great stories um, by people that attend Trinity Church inside this devotional. And so we have, as we've talked about the last couple of weeks, we've had invited a number of people to join us and share their story just to kind of get a deeper insight into what they wrote and why they wrote it. And so today I'm very excited to have Karen Hines with us. Welcome to the podcast. Um, Karen, it's going to be great to have you. So let's just jump into this. If you don't mind, kind of recap your story again for us. Sure. I grew up in a missionary family. We were missionaries to Puerto Rico, and I have grandparents and great-grandparents and aunts and uncles and cousins Um, and my sister and everybody who's involved in what you would consider traditional ministry, meaning traditional as in either being missionaries or being pastors um, in the church or something that is acceptable like a teacher on the mission field or a nurse on the mission field, those kind of um, jobs. And that never really fit me. I went to college assuming I was going to be a teacher. I started in on my education degree and I quickly realized that was not how I was wired um, in a lot of ways. And so I went through an identity crisis almost for about 10 or 15 years with just this fight within me of who I am, because I very much lived in the belief that if I was going to be in ministry, it had to look like the rest of my family. Right. And um, But I was quirky and not traditional like people would would you know, not want to sit by me in meetings because I crack jokes and I laugh. (laughs) And, you know, I was always shushed because I was too loud or, you know, made to believe, not necessarily even verbally, but non-verbally made to believe that my behavior or the way I was was not acceptable for church. And um, I finally, God actually opened it up for me by allowing me to be a part of of our church's drama department. And I slowly was given more and more responsibilities and allowed more and more um, freedom to either act. And then I was given the ability to to direct some shows and even to write and produce some shows. Um, When the Lord moved us to Indianapolis, I started working in a couple of local schools. And I found that I have this great passion for seeing kids fulfill the gifts that God has put in them through the use of the stage. Um, There was one particular high school that I was involved in where the Lord allowed me to actually form relationships with the students. And in those relationships, I was able to help high schoolers through some really difficult years in their life, um, especially from a Christian perspective, just understanding how does this fit in the real world. And then nothing makes you more vulnerable than standing up in front of people and talking. So then working with kids through those kind of fears, through the use of the stage, I began to realize that this was... This was what God created me to do, that all of my quirkiness, all of my loudness, all of my whatever you want to call that doesn't fit in a traditional Christianity cookie cutter box, what I thought was a traditional Christianity cookie cutter box, um, allowed me to to find a ministry that God had called me to do. And so I love mentoring students 
through the use of the stage and whatever it's kind of evolved not just in theater but any other kind of place honestly where puts kids in a in a vulnerable place it's it's great to be able to empower them to do things that I was never empowered to do no fault of my parents I don't blame my parents at all it was more of a Christian societal expectation right imposed whether it be self-imposed or understood to be imposed on me right I never pursued theater in high school or college. I didn't. Right. I assumed I wasn't good enough, so it was rather ostentatious of me to step up on stage and say, "Look at me! I'm hey, good enough to attention. do this." Yeah, yeah. Right. right. And so to be able to step into that in kids' lives, and whether that's what they realize is where God has them, is to be on the stage. Right. But to give them that power to explore other right. areas that God has gifted them in, right. and then mentor them through that process is right. Okay, so. That's good. That's really good. So you, I think your, I think your story is, um, would be represented well by many people in the church where there is this, um, idea of what, and I'm doing air quotes that you can't see on podcasts, (laughs) but right. What a good Christian looks like. Right. And, um, and, and, and there are, there are some unique, like clear spiritual sin, life issues, holiness Mm -hmm. practices that, that really do need to align with Christian living. Yes. But then there are all these little extra things that we tend to throw in there. Like, 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 uh, if you're going to be a good, uh, if you're going to be a good church girl, you ought to play the piano and oh, sing or yes. whatever, right? Like these little extra things that can get tossed in there. Um, and, and your journey growing up, you, you're immersed in these people that have, I mean, ministry in their DNA. Right. I mean, like they are, uh, and I know some of your family, yes. like they really are, pastors through and through on every on every front and so you're born into this family and you're like whoa whoa whoa! i still i'm not rebelling i don't hate jesus i'm not rejecting the church but i do not fit this yeah exactly right so and i think i think there are a lot of people in the church they're like man i want to honor the lord i want to be faithful to god i want to engage in significant ways but i look on stage and i see you know a josh lavender singing or uh, whatever and it's like that's not me right and so how do I minister without being a minister? Sure. Right? How do I minister without being a minister? So before I get to that specific piece, I want to back it up and just go, walk me through what you were feeling and thinking when you had those moments where it's like, I don't fit here. Like, just walk me through yeah. that. Um, I went through a, probably a lot of self-doubt honestly um like i grew up very much with a mask on of who i thought i was supposed to be interesting and so i would act that way where do you think that mask comes from just out of curiosity like the i think it comes well my dad was also the principal in charge of discipline at our school (laughs) so there might have been a spotlight on me right, right at our school right right and uh i my personality is such that i might tend more yeah towards the wrong side than the right side when right. it comes to that kind of stuff at that age. Um, so I very much had to live in line with expectations of other people. Felt massive pressure to massive do Massive so. pressure. I mean, any any kid who's grown up with a parent in any kind of authority yeah. lives with extra expectations on them. You must right. behave. You must always be right. courteous. You must always. The whole shoulds. Right, right. You must always right. do this. Um, and so I carried that well into to college right. in in the should expectations of this is how you react to right. things. This is how you 
do things. Right. So it's almost like the, and, and again, correct me, I'm like active listening here, the way I'm thinking through this, it's almost like the shoulds, as you wrestle through all of those oughts, mm-hmm. you know, you, you have a, yeah, I mean, it's, it's almost like they, it becomes almost pharisaical without meaning to be. Right. It does. You're right. Right. So like mm-hmm. you have people that are, that are with good intention mm-hmm. trying to help you figure out you. Right. As you're trying to figure out you. And it's almost like these good intention boundary keepers, by the time they're played out in your life, they have a, a Pharisee bend, even if. Right. And I don't think your dad's a Pharisee at all. Like I'm not saying that, but somewhere between his intention of guiding mm-hmm. and how you receive it, somehow the enemy twists that. Oh, sure. Yeah. Oh, the enemy likes to mess with it. A lot. Any any time that you feel any self doubt in yourself with the shoulds yeah. and the societal expectations on you, the enemy is going to sit in there and twist that all over the place. All over the place, make you feel unworthy, make you feel right. like an odd man out, right. like a misfit, and that's very much what I would say that that I experienced. But right. I kept my mask in place. Right, <laughs> doing the right thing. I kept my mask in place. I still did the right thing, but right. very much on the inside, I had this inner turmoil. And so what I ended up calling it was, what is your will for my life? You know, it seems yeah. like every college kid comes to that point of saying, God, yeah. what is your will for my life? I just can't, I just can't see it. And I right. think my problem was, I was looking for his will for my life. Right in the confines of the box of Christianity that I grew up in. Right. And it wasn't that he wasn't speaking to me. Right. It's that that's, that's not where he wanted me to right. find it. Right. And so I wasn't seeing it because I still was putting those confines right. on myself. Okay, okay. So this is super interesting. You, you, in a sense, when we ask the question, what is God's will for my life? Mm-hmm. There is a part of that where we need to sit and ask the question, how did you actually make me? Right. Oh, Totally. Like, how did you actually, what are my actual gifts? Right. And, uh, and, and I do, I totally think you're right. There are a bunch of people in the church that are trying to figure out what God's called them to, but they're setting aside their actual unique exactly. makeup. Oh yeah. Um, trying to fit into something that n- may not be what they're made to do at all. Right. Interesting. Okay. So out of curiosity, what would, like, if you could go back and this is like in a total made up yeah. world, but <laughs> But if you could go back and I could sit the younger version of you down who's wrestling with uh-huh. this, right? And so, and, and I'm, I'm doing this because I think that that's indicative of other people in the church right. too that would fit that, that, that tension, that spot. Mm-hmm. It's like, man, I love Jesus, but I'm not a teacher, you know, like a Sunday school teacher or whatever. Right. I love Jesus, but I'm not a singer. I love Jesus, but I'm not a, like, how in the world do I? And you're feeling that, that inner turmoil if I want to be faithful and do something for God, but everything it feels like I can do. That's yeah. not what that's not what people are doing that I'm watching. So that tension, if you could now sit the younger version of yourself down there, what would you say to you? I think I would want to tell myself yeah. to trust myself, first yeah. of all. I think I would I would want to give myself permission to take off that mask. Yeah. And and honestly look at myself and say, who am I? Yeah. And and deal with it. Okay. So like if you take off the mask and there's sin there, obviously you have to deal with that. Right. You know, whether it be honest rebellion, whether it be your your rebellion, it because you don't know who you are, a lot of times it comes out in rebellious ways. Yeah. So if there is sin involved, oh, deal with it. Right. You know, um, but allow yourself to, to be you. I encounter, and I only say this because I now in... In the opportunities that God has given me, I see kids continue right. to put themselves right. in boxes, right. and and I just want to, 
I want to say it's right. okay to be right. you. Right. You are not an aberration of God's right. plan for your life. You are not. So your innermost thoughts and your innermost urges and your innermost needs almost, as long as you can look at them and say they are biblical, right. understand, I'm not right. talking about sin, then it, then that is who God made you to be, and it's okay. Right. So it's almost like it's almost like uh, in the removing of the mask, to use that metaphor, and the removing of the, the mask, whether it's been put on you by others, whether you've put it on yourself, Correct. whether it's a combination of both, mm-hmm. um, which is probably often true. Right. It's a combo yes. of both. It's um, But when you remove that mask, you be honest about what's in you. Yeah. And, and, and what you're going to find is, it sounds like, what, what you, and I think you're correct, you're going to find things in there that maybe do need some spiritual surgery. Right. But you're also going to find some things in there that maybe God wants to really use for, for good. Right. Exactly. I right. mean, think about if, if we are saying that there are other people that are going to hear this and are going to resonate with it, then obviously this is real. That's right. You know what I mean? So yeah. there are people out there right now that may be wearing this proverbial mask that right. we're talking about, and either know who they are inside, but don't feel like it's okay to be that, right. uh, specifically in relation to, to ministry. Right. Um, I just lost my train of thought. No, that's okay. I'm sorry. Yeah, and, and, I, and I would too, even with that, even with that, like what goes through my mind also is this, uh, so not just encourage them to take off the mask, be honest about the good that's there. Right. Be honest about the bad that's whatever's there. Right. Be honest about it. Oh, and yeah. And begin to really wrestle through it. The other thing that hits me too is what conversations would you encourage those people? Like, so if you were talking to the younger you, mm-hmm. remove the mask, be honest. Um, are there conversations you would encourage that person to have? Like, like where, if they're going like, okay, that's fine. I'm honest about, I'm honest. Like I, right. I, I want to take the mask off and I want to be honest about how I feel. I don't feel like I like singing and I don't want it. Mm-hmm. I've been pushed into it. And I really like doing painting pictures or whatever right. it might be. Yeah. Um, where would you encourage them to go? Which I mean, in conversations you'd encourage them to have, uh, like how would you help the development or formation of that take place? I know that's a deep question yeah. and a little bit unfair, but <laughs> where would you encourage the young version of you to go? What would you encourage the young version of you to do? Right. I think one of the first things that I would encourage the young me to do would be talk to your friends. Right. Because you tend to be the most raw and honest with your friends, much more than you can be with your parents, because I think while your parents may know you very well, I still think sometimes we as kids wear masks around our parents because we know the rules and we know the expectations. You tend to be a lot freer with yourself around your friends. So I'd ask your friends, if you're you're truly trying to figure out if this is really who you are, ask them in in your raw moments, what, what good do you see in me? Like, what am I good at? And this isn't for a, an ego stroking. This is just an honest, right. What, what do you see in me? And right. then talk to other adults who are not in authority over you, specific right. authority over right. you. So whether it be a youth sponsor right. or um, an, an adult volunteer and, and maybe a ministry that you right. are involved in and right. ask them the same question right. and just say, what do you see in me? Help right. me see what you see in me. Right. And then take all of that, align it with scripture, and then and then embrace embrace it yeah which it makes it all sound very simple it makes it all sound very cookie cutter and yay do this and you'll be great but it's a process it is a process right it is a process and then i think i think it is important then to to check it back with god you know what i mean yep 
always circle back around. There, there is a what comes through my mind, and I, I actually mentioned this in a, pod, a few podcasts ago, uh, briefly, but it, it gets me thinking about this. So, when you, I just had this conversation with my kids the other day mm-hmm. too. Um, when you look at how, uh, so the spiritual, how you raise a young Christian up to be like an effective older Christian, that, mm-hmm. that journey, we would some call it discipleship, you right. know, catechism, whatever you want to use that younger to older, mature Christian, the way that like, if you go back and you look in history, like Benedict, you know, some of these like St. Benedict, some of mm-hmm. these like early monastic and the way they would do the training was they would ask questions of the young people. So instead of asking them primarily, what do you want to do? What do you want to be? Or even imposing things on them, like here is your option. You can be a right. monk or a nun. Um, the primary question that they would ask them is, what needs do you see in the world? Mm. Like that was the, one of the first questions they would right. ask. And then these young people that are, you know, whatever, 14, 15, 16 years old, you know, it's like, I, I see this in the world around me. Uh, and then they'd ask the question, um, out of all the needs that you see in the world around you, how do you feel like God has crafted you to help, mm-hmm. you know, bring love and light and hope to that? Right. And so then they'd circle back around, you know, and so now they're trying to ask the question, all right, well, what's unique about me in awareness of, and so the assumption is God knew exactly what he was doing right. when he uniquely made you and put you into this world in the unique holes exactly. that are here in this world. Yeah. And so the eye opening begins with raising your eyes, you know, to the unique needs of the world around you, not just in the church, but like literally the world around you. Right. Um, so is it Mother Teresa and the people of Calcutta and the poverty and the, you know, the AIDS and whatever, right? Is it, I mean, you can just go down the line. I mean, mm-hmm. example after example. And so what are the needs of the people that are around you? What is unique to you? Like, so where is your heart? How are you crafted? Mm-hmm. And then they ask the question, how can we pull those two pieces together? And then the spiritual formation is a, is a pulling together of your uniqueness and your awareness of what's messed up out there. Mm-hmm. And I think somewhere along the line, you know, we've gotten to this really weird place where somewhere along the line, even if I go to, to IW, I got to say, I love IW. I love <laughs> IW. It's a great school all the way around. And it's not just IW, but you see things like uh, go be a world changer yeah. or your, which those things are all awesome. That's not bad. Right. Um, but it's almost like Maslow's hierarchy of needs. The self-actualization right. is the, so it's like the truest version of you, you got to find only in yourself. And that's hard to do too. Right. Um, and so when all you have, because really what's in us is some foggy interpreted version of what we've seen externally modeled. Exactly. Yeah. Right. So you you internally are looking at your dad or your sister or whatever it might mm-hmm. be or grandparents or aunts and uncles or and you're like you have a you have a vague version of how they did it. You have some even if it's subconscious, you have some version of awareness of yourself. And you're feeling disconnect. Right. Yes. Right. And, and so it's like, I'm not that. Mm-hmm. But I don't hate that. Right. And I want to be good for the kingdom, but I'm not that. And so instead of making your identity only being a knowing what that is, you begin by going like, what do you see Right. that's broken in the world? I mean, I would even say, you know, you were talking about, are you the Mother Teresa's? I think that, that when we talk about go and be world changers – the maybe the expressed actuality or the understood expressed is that if yeah. you're going to be a world changer, you have to be a Mother Teresa. Yeah. That yes. if you're going to be a world changer, you have to be a, 
Billy Graham to date myself or, right, right. Yeah. you know, something yep. like that. And I think that's where, I mean, even as you were talking yeah. about it, literally my insides were going, eh, you don't have to be, that's you know. Right. That's and, right. And I think, and honestly, one of my struggles was my heart doesn't bleed for the homeless. Right. That doesn't right. mean that I don't care about them and I want it to be different. But the way God has wired me and the gifts and talents right. he has given me is to step in and then mentor them. Right. Not right. necessarily to be the frontline right. evangelist that gets right. them saved, also right. with right. air right. quotes. Right. 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 I'm with you. Yeah. You know what I mean? Because in it's the first place, right. Yeah. But to come in and, and be able to, yeah. to mentor them yeah. in that way. And actually, it, it took me a long time to be okay with being considered of, uh, I don't want to say a second line, but the opposite of front line. You know, if you're not a front line worker, but you're the behind the scenes. Yeah, kind, kind of, of a different perspective. So we did, and as I was thinking about that whole idea of like the Benedict idea, you know, what do I see, what, you know, what do we see in the world around us where there's needs? What is my unique crafting? And in the glory and grace of Jesus Christ, how do we bridge those two in a right mm-hmm. way? And I like examples come through my mind. I talked with one guy once, this is a number of years ago, and uh, he was a business major at the university. That's uh-huh. so at the Wesleyan University and uh, in college still. And he said uh, he uh, had ministry people in his greater family. Mm-hmm. And he was like, you know, I think that God is calling me. This is going to sound crazy. It's literally what he told me. We were sitting in a car together. Mm-hmm. He's like, I think God's called me to make money and fund missionaries. Yeah. And I was like, interesting. Yeah. Give me more. Right. And he was like, well, they were talking about, like, they, they had a call to ministry at the university, uh-huh. so it's like a really powerful chapel service, and who here feels called to be in right. the ministry? And, <laughs> you know, and, and he didn't participate in that. Yeah. But he's like, I didn't participate in it, but my heart wanted to. Yeah. Oh, but yeah. I knew that wasn't yep. me. Exactly. Oh, yeah. Does that make sense? It does. I have, yeah. I have tried so many different things yeah. trying to be yeah. the normal, in my mind, what I thought normal Christian looked like. And I would do great for a couple of months, and then I would become so yeah. unhappy, like right. I didn't have room it's not your box. to move. It's not my box. It's right. not where God called me to be. It doesn't mean that it's a bad thing, and it doesn't right. mean that I'm a bad person for not excelling at that. Right. That's just not where God has yeah. crafted me yeah. to be in ministry. Yeah. And so, and it's so good. So we sit down with people that feel called to be a teacher in the public school system. Yep. And it's like, hey, whoa, 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 whoa. You are called to ministry. You are. I'll tell you, I was just thinking about this when you were talking. My grandpa told my dad once when my dad, you know, said he wasn't called to be a pastor. We'll right. say that. Initially, um, he was called to be a teacher. Yeah. And my grandpa said to him, you have a far larger mission field than I ever will. Oh, yeah. That's totally right. Right. And so, like, we need, I think it's really important for the local church to step back mm-hmm. and look at our, I mean, what, what do we call it? it? Well, in church history, they called it the priesthood of all believers. It's right. almost like a commissioning of the yes. regular Joes. Mm-hmm. And um, that's way oversimplified. There's a <laughs> lot more to that in history. But, um, but I mean, to, yeah. at the risk of oversimplifying it, it's almost like we need to look at these people and go, okay, so whether you're called to lead productions, right? you know, uh, for you, or whether you're called to be a public school teacher, right. or whether you're called to be a businessman, or mm-hmm. whether you're called to... You take how God has gifted you uniquely. Yes. You look at the needs of the world around you and you pray 
God, show me how I feel. Exactly. That well, you can't remove Christians from other facets of and the And you world. don't want to. And you don't want to. You don't want Christians in ministry to only be in the church. Right. That makes no sense. Right. I mean, I think about people in our church yeah. who are in the upper echelons of, say, Lily right. or Roche or right. other things like that. And the ways that their life, the, their, the way they live their life is affecting people That's towards right. the kingdom. That's right. We validate. Yeah. We validate. And so there is this. The, uh, the the removal I love the so the the train of thought here mm-hmm. is like as I'm, it's the removal of the mask and being honest right and there might be some junk in there that needs yeah. to be worked out too right but there's also some uniqueness yes that that may not fit as you viewed ministry prior to right. that honesty about yourself mm-hmm. you know you're honest about how I got crafty you honest about you know like I feel like I'm called to be a teacher I feel like I'm you yep. know or I am a teacher right you know or I am a businessman or I am a and then it's like I'm going to open my eyes and see this all as potential for ministry all of it is right whether you're you know teaching kids how to do a production or a drama mm-hmm. and, and and talk with them encourage them and calling things out of them and you know right. or whether you're a school teacher in your classroom and you're praying for your students and their families oh, yeah. and you're you know whatever that uniqueness right. is i think it's i think you're 100% right on we we need to almost take a step back and go instead of asking people which i still think this is good to do but instead of asking people do you feel called to ministry it's like we are all called to ministry in our unique form right even a stay-at-home mom. Uh-huh. Especially exactly. a stay-at-home especially mom. Especially a stay-at-home mom. My wife would get me in trouble for saying even. Especially yeah. a stay-at-home mom. You are ministering and developing and well, mentoring and raising up the and next generation. And it's not even your children, but think about the other moms that, that you also get to minister yes. to because you can you can understand their frustrations. You can understand... You, you make a connection. I think a lot of ministry these days really is relational. Yeah. And I think it's yes. being able to sit down and show yes. that Christians are real people. Yeah. And then doing ministry with each other. Yeah, that's so good. Okay, so I love that. The the honesty being like, so the, the mask off, honest, what's what's in me? What needs to be dealt with? Mm-hmm. The good and the bad. The yes. bad and the good. Right. And, um, and then looking around and going, okay, so where is my calling? Where do I fit? Where do I thrive? Right. You know? Um, in the healing of who I am, uh, one pastor calls it, you know, you're dealing with your yesterdays as you're yeah. preparing for your tomorrows, right. which is true. Yeah. Um, and so it's like we deal with the yesterdays and we prepare for tomorrow. But I love that idea of stepping into that and just, you know, owning your uniqueness, mm-hmm. you know, and being Jesus in that, yeah. you know. And uh, and we need to as a church, like with you and with many others, and we've done a lot of that in this in this book, but just celebrating, you know, the uniqueness of God's people. Yeah. You know, um, and whether it's a piano teacher or, uh, you know, or a, an art teacher at school mm-hmm. or, or a salesman or a businessman or whatever, you can make Jesus famous and be a part of changing the world oh, and yeah. loving people well. Yep. Like you can. You just can. And so I love that. I love that idea. So one of the other things, and then and we can kind of pull this to a close, uh, but um I love this, you know, you are okay with how God, like this being okay with how God made you, that mm-hmm. journey. Um, I would just encourage you, and, I'm, and I'd, I'd love for you to speak to this too, but for those that are listening, um, you know, I, I'd encourage you to to take some time to really wrestle with what, how, God, how have you made me? Mm-hmm. You know, um, and maybe God has called you to preach or to right. lead worship somewhere. That's great. Yeah. Um, but if God's called you to be a school teacher, don't mute that. Yes. Lean into it. Right. Right. And lean into it 
asking God, God, show me how I can represent you well as a school teacher or as a baker or as a whatever. Right. Right. Like lean into that, that uniqueness. And I, I don't think, I don't know, correct me if I'm wrong here. I don't even think that where God has called you to work. Yeah has to always be the same as the ministry that God has called you to have. Yeah. Yeah. I see what you're saying. Yeah. So God can call you to be a dog groomer. Right. Inherently, there's nothing Christian about being a dog groomer. Right. 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 <laughs> right. But the way you conduct your business, the way yeah. you treat your customers, even the way you treat the animals, especially right. for people who love, like really right. love their animal. I mean, that kind of living, that is ministry. Right. You know, and then you form relationships and all of a sudden you find these openings to speak into people's lives right? right. about anything. Right. Whatever you know, it might be. Whatever it might be. And there is something, you know, like uh, years ago I was talking with an older gentleman and he was saying that uh, he and like kids these days, he was doing that, that kind of a thing, <laughs> like barking about kids these days, of which I would have been a kid at that time, yeah. you know, probably like late high school, early colleges years ago. And he was like, when I was, because I was, we were talking about like, what do we want to do when we grow up? So right. there are a number of us young people talking about what we want to do when we grow up. And this old guy pops in <laughs> and I love the old guys. And he says, kids these days, you think that your hobby and your ministry and your job all have to be the same. And I was like, what do you mean by that? Yeah. He was like, well, for us growing up, you know, like, and he was like a, like a, a, a rivet. No, oh, I mean, okay. not literally yeah. a rivet, but like literally right. on an assembly line. Yep. So all day long, just super low end blue collar work, you know, it's, and, and his job is mostly done by a machine now, but that's yeah. cool. It wasn't back then, <laughs> right? but just kind of, you know, and it was for the war. So like world war two, uh, I think it was, or whatever, okay. just, you know, yep. working assembly line. I don't remember what he was building for it, but something like that. So there's not a lot of interaction with people. There's not a lot of engagement. He doesn't have a chance to mentor anybody. Right. You know, he just literally spent a number of years working on an assembly line. Faithfully show up early, work yeah. hard, you know, be a reliable employee, that whole thing. And uh, and he was like, I decided years ago that my job doesn't always have to be my hobby. Yep. You know, and so I come home and I do a hobby and uh, something that met my heart better. And then he was like, and then I also decided, too, that, you know, I can find a place and I can be a good person there. But I can also go through seasons where ministry might be. Right. Even. Yeah. So mm-hmm. if it all rolls into one package, awesome. Right. If it doesn't always roll into one package. You're not in sin either. You're not. And that's okay. And that's part of what I was saying about accepting who God made you to be. I, Like I had mentioned before, I spent several years doing odd jobs just trying to right. figure out, because you do have to make money, right. you know. Right. Um, but that didn't mean I was sinning. Right. That didn't mean that I wasn't, because I was still using my gifts right. in the traditional sense. You right. know what I mean? But yeah, I, I think I think it's not easy, but it's definitely necessary to right. figure out how to accept right who God has made you to be. And right. like you said, lean into that. Right. Yeah, the, the honesty of that. And and the the final thing kind of rolls through my mind is Wesley's quadrilateral. Like, so he has this whole, I don't know if you're aware of it or not, but the I've one, heard it. Like trying to figure out mm-hmm. what is true. You know, so how do I figure out what is true? And, uh, you know, history, experience, reason, tradition, he has like these corners of this quadrilateral. But in this, the kind of the main idea is it's not always easy. No. <laughs> and it's not always the same. Yeah. You know, and and there are, on the total opposite end, there are people that maybe really are called to ministry and they're running from the Lord. That is true. And, you know, so in the complexity of that makes up all the people that might listen to this, you might be somebody that's felt pressure to be something in the church that it's not you. Uh-huh. 
and you got to reconcile the good and the bad that might come with that. Mm-hmm. And uh, it might be all good. It might be some bad in it. It might be like the complexity of that. Uh, there are people that might be listening to this that, man, you felt called to ministry and you've been pushing God off forever. Mm-hmm. And you maybe need to be honest about your actual vocational calling. Uh, and there are people that are listening. I mean, like the whole complexity yeah. of people that are listening to this. But I think you're totally right. I think it's sitting down and just taking the mask off and going, what is what is in me that I need to lay before the Lord? I want to be honest about how I'm crafted, where I'm gifted, mm-hmm. what's unique about how God made me. I want to be honest about what I'm struggling with and talk about it with somebody that can help me navigate that. Right. You know, is there bitterness towards? Do I struggle with? Am I, you know, and then um, and then circling back around and going in my uniqueness and who how God's made me, you know, where do I fit in this world and mm-hmm. how can I help bring his kingdom into that place, whatever right. that is. And I think to even further that, just kind of one last word that I would want to encourage people is, is even look outside of, of the traditional, yeah. even in the work world. Yeah. Because where God has ultimately ended up calling me for this season in my life right. is to be a theater director and to mentor and live my life out to help yeah. other kids find their callings. Yeah. That, that doesn't show up on any college right. assessment of right. right. It's unique. Of jobs. Right. You know? And so, you know, even for people who are sitting out there saying, but Pastor Mike, I'm not called to be a teacher. I'm not right. actually called to be in ministry. Right. I'm not called to be a businessman, but I can't figure out how right. what is inside of me makes right. sense right. in ministry. Right. And that is that self-reflection of taking off the mask and right. and almost admitting to yourself that that's who you are. Right. And then saying right. huh. it's okay. Right. It's okay to go through that process. It's okay. Yeah. Yeah, it's so good. I think about, you know, in like even the creation story that humans are called to, you know, to tame or subdue mm-hmm. the earth. And uh, really the, the way the Hebrew intention there is we are we are called to bring uh, beauty and order of God into this world. Mm. Like that's really what we're supposed yeah. to do, right? So whether it's the naming of the animals or the creating of the garden, bringing order out of the nature, yeah. you know, um, you can do that in a billion unique ways oh yeah you really can bring the ways and nature and heart of the kingdom of god into this world and that's what we need it is one of the most validating things for me recently and this may sound completely crazy is watching the chosen and the way they've portrayed jesus as having a sense of humor yeah yeah i read the bible and i don't read jesus as having a sense of humor in the bible because he's usually preaching and whatever but the way the chosen portrays him interacting with his disciples and joking with them and teasing with them is like yeah Oh, that can be. That's right. Part of who God is. It's yeah. not an expressly taught part of God. That's good. But they lean into the incarnation, the human part. Right. And mm-hmm. and they make it. Yeah, that's good. That's really good. Oh my goodness. Hey, any final thoughts that you have? Anything you just want to leave with the people? That it's okay to be you. I know yeah. that sounds so trite. Right. But but God made you for yeah. a reason. Yeah. And you were not a mistake. Yeah. Even I'm not even talking about you being alive. I'm talking right. about who you are, who right. he has literally wired you to be is right. not a mistake. Right. And allow yourself to to lean into that right. and and figure out what that means. Right. Whether it yeah. means it's what your hobby is, whether it means it's what your ministry is or your job, or right. if it all gets to be the same right. thing. Right. Huh. Yep. It's okay. Yep. 
move down that road. That's yeah. good. I just want to thank you guys so much for listening to the Made for More podcast. It's so fun to get to have further conversations with some of these wonderful people and today with Karen. Thank you for um, having me. Yeah, it was really good. And uh, and I definitely encourage you to go, if you've not read it, make sure to get the devotional and open it up and you can read hers along with many of the other wonderful devotionals that are in this. And, uh, and to all those that are listening and you're trying to figure out how God's crafted you, what he's made you to do, I would just say, welcome to the journey. Yeah, right. And in humility, keep leaning into the Father. Have good conversations. Be honest, you know, um, that taking the mask off of who you are and, and let God do what, what only God can do. Yes. That's good. Amen. Yep. You guys have a great day. Thanks for listening in.